Good morning, Portland. Good morning, Jay County. Pastor Bob from the Portland Church of Christ coming to you this morning, still in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, there is so much, and we're not even going to finish chapter 3, but we're we're going to end it. We're not going to do chapter 3 next week. Um, we're going to move on. We might actually touch on a little bit into chapter 4 just because of our topic. But when we see the uh, the person of God, the nature of God, who God is and how he interacts with his creation, it is amazing just these first few chapters of Genesis. I mean, there's so much material there, and it's, it's really a part where we tend to gloss over in a lot of ways. You know, we, we, we teach our kids about the days of creation and what was created on what day, and, and that's where our focus lies. Um, and then we make arguments about, is it literal six days or is it uh, not, and, and how long did it take, and when it, and we get bogged down and we miss who God is. And that's really why Genesis, especially these first few chapters, is written to give us an idea of who God is and how he interacts. And we see that, and we have been seeing that. We're going to see it a little bit more today. You know, we talked a little bit about the uh, the way God it was introduced in Genesis uh, 1 and 2 as the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, the relational power, the God who wants to have interaction and be in that relationship with his creation. Uh, but Satan had come along and convinced the woman that God did not want to have a relationship. He did not convince uh, the woman, or even try for that matter, that God did not have the power. There's just no way you can get around that. Even today, you know, there may be times in my life, and I'm sure you felt the same way, where you think, "What? What's going on? Is there really God? Well, I mean, I just don't understand it." And you, you know, there's no way in the world you can ever not believe in God. When we talk about blaspheme in the Holy Spirit, where you have to deny and turn your back on God and His saving power, of the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? You know, I may be mad at God, and I have been, um, and. Well, quite quite frankly, he's probably mad at me more times than than I'm mad at him, uh, you know, because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. But anyway, let's let's get back on track. Is that the fact of the matter is you, you can't just pretend or or think there's no God. It's just not going anywhere in my mind. And so if Satan wants to tip, trip me up. He pretty much has to trip me up, uh, not in the idea that there's no God because that's not going to fly with me. But the idea is, you know, God doesn't care about you. Uh, God's not paying attention. God is off busy doing something else. You know, if God wanted to, he could do this, but he doesn't, so he doesn't really care. Those are the things that trip most people up. And, and that's how Satan gets us. That's how Satan got Eve. That's really what Satan was doing to uh, to Jesus um, in when he tempts him for, in the desert for when he's out there for 40 days. You know, he's like, does God really care? I mean, you're hungry. Here's rocks. You can make bread, but, you know, God's not giving you nothing, and so maybe you should just make yourself something to eat. And that's not, wasn't even really be a sin if he made bread out of rocks. I mean, Jesus Christ has the ability. What would have been the sin was that he trusted Satan and his manipulative ways over God. And so uh, we we see that. We see that in our own lives, how Satan uh, sneaks in and tries to convince us um God's not really doing the things he used to do. You know, the God of the Old Testament, even the God of the New Testament, he's just not doing those things anymore. We we might even be caught saying, well, you know, God uh, healed the sick and raised the dead, but he just don't do that anymore. 
And and I always say God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. We, it's true. We don't see a lot of that stuff like you have recorded in the New Testament, but God can do whatever, whenever, and there's no doubt about that. And so Satan has to find other ways to uh, cause trouble between me and God. And typically it's uh, when things get tough, whether God really cares, whether God's listening to my prayers. And, what I, and the reason I'm going into a little depth about this is because I know we all face this. I know we all feel it. I mean, uh, a lot of times as I'm preaching, I'm out there talking and, and saying these things, and I'm looking at people, and they're looking at me with these confused looks. I'm like, am I the only one that struggles? Am I the only one that has problems? Am I the only one who thought or and or said this? And, and I, can't, I, I just simply don't believe that that's the case. I, I don't find myself to be extraordinary in any way, whether uh, extraordinary in a good sense or extraordinary in a bad sense. I'm just kind of Miller Road, and I'm trying to do the best I can as a Christian. I'm trying to do the best I can as a servant of God. And sometimes that means stumbling along. Sometimes that means questioning. And sometimes that means not really knowing. And so, you know, if you're feeling those things, those are not, I think those are not um, strange uh, ways to feel. And it's not different than a lot of other people. We don't like to talk about it. We don't, you know, there's a lot of things we don't like to say, like, hey, I really have a problem with God on this. And, and so, you know, it makes us look weak. It makes us, you know, people say, well, you just don't have the faith. You know, there's a lot of folks in the Bible who struggled with stuff. Abraham, the father of all Israel, was told he was going to have a child, didn't have a child, and took matters into his own hand. He struggled with the same faith you and I struggle with. He went into Egypt with Sarah, his wife, and said, don't tell him you're my wife, tell him you're my sister, which was a half-truth. They were half, they were half brothers and sisters uh, because he was afraid. And so we see that many outstanding people that God used throughout generations of of Christian Jewish Christian history struggle with what I'm saying right now, maybe what you struggle with. And so I, I'm never embarrassed because, hey, listen, I'm just trying to do the best I can on this journey we call life in the essence of, hey, I want to be right with God. And so I need to know who God is. And so Genesis, man, amazing. And so right now what we have is uh, Satan has tempted Eve. Uh, he has tempted Eve by saying, you know, it's okay, God, you know, he doesn't want to have a relationship with you, but he's powerful, but you're not going to die if you eat from this. You're going to be just like him. And a woman saw that the tree was good. And so we talked last week about being in the presence of sin. Like if you know you struggle with something, you shouldn't be going. I mean, if you struggle, we were just talking a few moments ago. I do not gamble whatsoever. I hate it. I am not good at it. We were on a cruise ship, me and my wife, a couple of years back. She spent $12 gambling, told us she ruined my whole trip. I'm not a gambler. And so there's no temptation. I can walk into any casino in the world. I can go anywhere in the world. There is no temptation to take my weekly check uh, and drop it down on a roll of the dice, on a, a turn of a roulette wheel. But if you have a tra- problem with that, then you don't belong in those places. you got to stay away from the places that cause problems. If you have a problem with drinking, you don't go to a bar. If you have a problem with pornography, you don't hide on your computer. We remember we talked about that. And if you have a problem or you're told not to do something by God, you don't go to that that place where God says, don't be, don't interact. And so, you know, we have to be careful of where we find ourselves. Uh, here in, in Portland, in Jay County, it's, 
uh, and you probably know someone or heard of someone who struggles with some type of addiction. There's a, there's a lot of that going on these days. And many times, and we've seen it, where we take folks and bring them down to a rehab center, and they, ultimately they, they work with them, and they tell them you don't need to go back to where you came from because that's where the problem started. That's where they're going to start again because you're going to be in the same position. You're going to be in that sinful nature. Start anew. Start fresh. Start somewhere else. So the idea, don't go to the place that causes your downfall. So they do. And so that's where we kind of left off last week in Genesis uh, chapter 3. I want to stay in chapter 3. However, um, it's going to be from like, let's say, verses... um, seven and on. So Genesis chapter three, verse seven, we'll pick up there. Uh, This is after eating the fruit. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God. Now we're back to Lord God uh, in verse eight. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you coming, uh, the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said to him, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Now, I want to stop there because I think that we only have enough time for, for those few verses because this is powerful stuff. So here's God. Man sins. Now, typically when we talk, especially in churches and in, in groups, you know, we talk about repentance, going to God, bringing the, um, the, uh, ourselves back to God, asking for forgiveness, that type of stuff. In many churches, our church uh, at the Portland Church of Christ, we have what we call this uh, invitation time where we, you know, if you have something you need prayed for, let's pray together. And so typically the idea is we go to God and ask for forgiveness, And maybe where you come from or some of your background, you might have something similar. So here the the man sins, the woman sins, they're out in the garden, and um, they try to cover up their sin. So they cover up their nakedness. Uh, They realize they're naked, they cover up. And God comes out in the middle of the garden and looks for man. Now this this is why I'm talking about amazing. There are so many religions throughout the world where you have to do so much and jump through so many hoops to please the deity of that religion. And when we see in the Bible the nature of God is he's constantly coming out to find out what his creation's up to. He's constantly coming out to fix and to mend and to uh, make right the challenges in our life. In fact, the whole John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. The idea is God came out out. God came to us. So God creates us. We mess up. And yeah, we should go to God and we should bring that repentant heart and we should beg for forgiveness. But God says, I love you guys so deeply. I need to go out and find out what's going on. Now, here's another thing. When Jesus was on the earth, you'll remember these passages. It says he didn't need for men to tell them uh, things about them, for Jesus knew all men's hearts, and he knew what they were thinking, and he knew what they were going to say. And so I love this. God, God walks out. Now, if you're ever going to play some games with God, hide and seek is not one of them because God knows where you are. You can't hide from God. David said in the psalm, if I go to the depths of the ocean, even there you see me. You know where I am. God knows where you are. He does not have to ask the question, where are you? But that's exactly what he does. He asks three questions. Where are you? Who told you? 
And did you eat from the tree? And he knows the answers. And I'm amazed because, you know, God knows he could have just, you know, taken it upon himself and just did away with man. It's just like there's only two people. Um, you know, he could have wiped out the whole population. Two people gone, it's over. But he says, listen, where where are you? He gives the man the opportunity to speak up. He gives man opportunity to say, here I am, God, and I've made a mistake. And he says, you know, I hid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? God knows who did. And he says, did you eat from the tree? God knows they did. This is a loving father trying to engage his children, not condemn, not judge, not belittle, not, not anything other than just love. And this is the amazing thing about God. And we're only into the third chapter of Genesis. God is amazing. In fact, when we get into the New Testament, when we get into John, God is love. And you see that right here. God is looking for you today. God is wondering where you are. He knows. You can't hide it. We pretend and we think we could. And so if I don't go to church, then God won't know I'm still up to my same old ways of gambling, drinking, whoring, or whatever. God will know, not know. God knows and God cares and God loves you despite yourself. And so we gather together as a body of believers at the Portland Church of Christ to try to walk alongside one another in a very rough world because, man, we live in a world full of sin. And God is looking for us, and God wants us to be in his presence. And so he sends his son, Jesus. We'd love to talk to you more about this. I'm going to end Genesis 3 today with that. I, I, I could probably go on uh, next Sunday about this, you know, a lot of stuff here in chapter 3, but we're going to move on. If you have any questions, come find us at the Portland Church of Christ uh, over on West Votash Street, 1217 West Votash Street. We meet this morning at 915 for Bible study. We're going to take a coffee break at 10. We're going to gather together for worship at 1020 and glorify our God, the God who comes and looks for us, and he's looking for you. I know a lot of folks say, have you found God? More importantly, has God found you? May God bless you this day. Oh,